that. Yeah, we totally can. So, Days of Future Past. X-Men movie. That's a movie that happens. In the cinema. We didn't see this together. We've done that thing where we didn't see it together and we've pretty much managed yeah. to keep it on the DL. Do you think people think that we're like super codependent? Well, I don't know. Because people who don't know us, like... Those poor souls. Cash level 30 IRL. <laughs> um, it's a, I told you it's a thing. Yeah. I told you that next week. I agree. See what I did there? Time travel. I've been thinking a little bit about this. The people that don't know us other than through the podcast... Yeah. People like Ari mm-hmm. and part of the rules of Level 30 is that whenever I say something about Ari, I have to give a shout out to our mate Carl in Perth. Really? Yep. How you doing, Carl? We love you. Hi, people. So people that don't know us outside of this mm-hmm. only ever are exposed to us together in a room talking about, oh, we did this together, we didn't do that together. And I don't know. I just wonder if we put on this like illusion of some sort of symbiotic type of relationship well, they where... They don't see us hold hands. <laughs> no. Well, it's that's why audio. we don't do a video podcast. <laughs> I think it's the opposite. Like, we, we started off this podcast with two quick movie reviews, yep. which we had seen together. And then I think we saw Iron Man, which we saw together. The last couple, we made a point of saying we didn't see this together. Mm. It sounds like two people start a podcast, the relationship sours, and we're just <laughs> staying together for the kids. <laughs> You're welcome, kids. Yay. Hash D-O-F-P. <laughs> Capital D, little O, big F, big P, Days of Future Past. Yep. Didn't see it together. No, but did see it with our eyes. Yep. Also, ear hearing action. At least six sets of eyes. And yes, (laughs) touche. I'm going to go see it again tomorrow, actually. Yeah. Cool. Because I can. You're a, well, you're young, upwardly mobile. Exactly. What I'm trying to do is consume as much content as I possibly can to push Spider Man 2 out of my brain. I just want to fill my head up with other stuff. All in good time. Tell me about X-Men Days of Future Past, Stefan Delatovic. I really thought it was great. Oh, there's a shocker. Don't you lose liked your a shit Marvel or anything. movie yeah. with Wolverine in it. It was a film. The outstanding. Wolverine was there, who, as I've said in the past, favourite good times, happy times. Yep. Uh, I thought it was really fun, man. Uh, I, I suppose we'll do the... Initial thoughts. We'll do the good spoiler things. Free, then we'll do the plans. hatred and the yep. spoilers. So Here's a spoiler. I don't have a lot of hatred for this. No, I don't know that I've got an enormous amount to say. Asterix, you know what we should never do? actually turned out. We should do another two-parter where we say we do the evil cliffhanger thing and then we go next episode, you know, we're going to talk about all the shit that we hate and then we just publish an episode that's 30 minutes of silence. <laughs> It'll be an artistic endeavour. We'll just list up. We'll go. We'll do an episode of all the things that we hate, and they'll come in the next one and be like, "What's the deal with Tony Abbott? Why does <laughs> airline food taste so bad? How come public transport takes money and time?" <laughs> anyway, days of future past. I really dug it. I think it's certainly a movie where it does not give a fuck about you if you are not an established X Men fan. Yep, and I love it. Like you have to so like. I, <laughs> I think you need to say that up front because screw everybody. Because this movie like ha- makes no allowances for you if you haven't not only seen yeah, it's like keep up or fuck off. Yeah, if you haven't seen X Men one, two, three, and the other one, the seventies one, X Men first, first class. class. Yeah, I could have helped you out about thirty seconds ago, but no. I just sort of I appreciate you, that. Flounder. 
If you haven't seen those films, I can't imagine that you would follow this one at all. And kind of, you also need to have read a few X-Men comics and know how it works. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, it's got the usual Easter eggs and stuff. But oh, So much fan service. Oh, man. And it's the best. <laughs> but if you, like, the, the map of relationships in this film is working from established other films. You could probably watch First Class and then, and then this one and be okay. But you wouldn't understand the dynamic between like Magneto and Xavier and, and Mystique if you hadn't seen it. Mm. And I love it. And it just uses it in the good way, not the shit way. Like it doesn't waste any time explaining concepts and stuff. Like Straight if, in. If you hadn't read a Bishop comic, for example, I wonder if you would know why the guy asked someone to set him on fire and it makes his gun go red. <laughs> like, for example. <laughs> uh, like, if you had not read the comics and known that he was a guy who'd come from the future in another storyline, but his mutant ability was to absorb and rechannel energy, be it kinetic energy or energy energy, but he also used firearms. But in this one, they obviously have a symbiotic relationship. But he's from the future, not this future, but a different future. But in this one, there's a bit of an Easter egg to a different story. But that's what his mutant power is. And it works really well. So like, I think to answer the question <laughs> is if you hadn't read a Bishop comic, you could just listen to this episode before seeing the film and it would all make sense. Yeah, exactly. That's actually, yeah, there so, you go. You've explained it. I like that they just jump through. They mm. pick out the bits, make it really awesome and just bunch through. Like there's a shitload happening in this film. And I just thought it was really fun. I, I liked the um, sort of getting the band back together thing. In the early, Like it starts off really brutally. So, obviously, Mm. this film is based roughly on the Days of Future Past comic book where in the future, Sentinels are basically murdered everybody and they send an X-Men back in time to stop Mystique assassinating somebody. And that's that's what triggers the Sentinel program happening. Triggers the hate. Yep. Uh, And this movie changes most of the details but follows that basic idea. It starts off in the super brutal mega future with some really cool action fighty scenes. Yep. And then goes back in time and has a lot of fun with lava lamps and being in the 70s and big collars and that sort of stuff. And I like... (laughs) In the, the bit in the middle, which, you know, was a bit, was much slower than the rest of the film, but I liked them just sort of like hanging out, trying to meet everybody and put their plan together. And uh, I suppose the action was really amazing. Every one of these movies reminds you that CGI is obviously cheaper and more great. And everyone seemed to be you having look a really at good Ice time. Man in this compared to the first X Men or yeah. the second X Men. Where he's just a guy basically drinking yeah. water. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, many feels. I liked it as a. I dug the hell out of it too. Mm. I did, uh, <laughs> and I'm unapologetic about it. So if you've got a problem with that, just keep it to yourself. I don't want you. I don't want your hate mail. I'll never get tired of your assumption that someone's mad. <laughs> I got asked the other day if I deliberately, if I realised that I deliberately alienate listeners of this. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Part of the reason that I do it is to upset people. I mean, I ask you that a lot. <laughs> uh, look, I think it was a great film. I love the the pulling together of the cast was done in such a great way of, you know, the old movies and the new, you know, the first class kind of stream and, and how do you bridge all that together. It was really busy in terms of it had a lot going on. It's got a huge cast to it. It's a lot of complex story to get through and yet it still manages to stay pretty focused mm. and everybody works really, really well together and obviously you've got Wolverine as sort of the central character which why wouldn't you yeah. do that as one of the most popular comic characters of all time it's great you also get an incredible art shot as well you do That's ladies get on board yeah 
uh, yeah, so he kind of anchors the whole thing together and there's just, there's so many great scenes in it. It's such a great cohesive whole of a movie mm-hmm. and yet there are so many individual little bits in it that just work so well in their own right. Uh, i I, I got to stop talking because I just, I'm, I'm not saying anything constructive, I'm just gushy about how much I love this no, no. movie. So, so I... I like how you go, no, no, like you're some sort of... You know, independent and objective yeah, exactly. observer of this film. I think the audience can agree that your gushing is appropriate. <laughs> um, so Hugh Jackman is great. Yep. Pretty much anyone playing Xavier or Magneto in either time scale is just amazing. Yep. He's super the best. Uh, and that relationship really comes alive on screen. Mm. I quite like this mystique as the pivot point, which yes. carries over from first class, as in she's kind of the pawn that dramatizes the Xavier versus Magneto. Tension, yeah, sort of fighting over her as a, instead of fighting over these big, hard to grapple with ideals. Yes, uh, I really like the way that Jennifer Lawrence plays Mystique. She's very, very believable. I liked Rebecca Romaine in you know the first trilogy mm-hmm. because I thought she she embodied kind of the the sexy sleekness yeah. of Mystique. But I think Jennifer Lawrence plays her as a character much better you buy into a lot more of what she's motivated by and where she's come from, where she's going kind of thing. She's just got a you've got a real sense of believability to her as a young young Mm. raven. No, and she's kind of the soul like her conflict that she's having is kind of embodying the whole drama. Yeah. Really. Uh, I really liked and it's no surprise, but Peter Dinklage is one of my favourite peeps. Mm. Uh, and it's just smart casting. Like to have a guy who has always been in the co- like he's just mad at mutants because he's an asshole. Like he wants, and he sort of verbalizes in this. He thinks that by demonizing mutants, he can bring humanity together, which yep. is a, a nice sort of motivation for a villain and a guy who's doing some pretty shitty stuff. Yep. But it's good casting in terms of this guy who is himself genetically different from most of the people around him, mm. but has probably dealt with his shit. You're talking about his moustache, right? Yeah, exactly. That moustache is incredible. <laughs> but it's just such good casting because they don't ever mention it, but just, of course, he's mad at mutants because they are also have a tweak of a genetics and now difference. they can fucking read minds and fly around and stuff. And he probably just had a childhood where people were mean to him. Yeah. Just adds another thing on top of the fact that he's fucking the best. Mm. And I mean, I can't help but put some fucking Tyrion Lannister in there as well. I, could, I just can't help myself and be like, oh man, he gets treated so poorly in Game of Thrones. I sort of feel for him. Like, I'm glad you explained to me what a Tyrion Lannister oh, is because yep. I was like, is that, a, yeah. is that a dish from that Thai restaurant that you it went is. to? <laughs> yeah, it's just arrived. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes even less sense. He has such pathos in the thing. That what pathos. could... Because I think Stryker in X-Men 2... Yes. ...who on paper has the same stuff. Like he's obviously torn up by his kid and blah, blah, blah. Like he has good motivations for what he's doing, but he's much more of a traditional sort of like, me, I'm mad, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Uh, It could have been easy for Oliver Trask to just be the government stooge and you don't give a shit, but I really kind of felt for the guy. He brings a believability to it. Yeah. You can sort of see how if if we did have mutants in the real world, which maybe we do. Maybe we do. Uh, but you can see how that that would sort of take place. It was, again, what I liked about Captain America was kind of the timeliness of the message around security and the government and who can you trust kind of thing. And it had that very real-world element to it where I walked out of the cinema going, I feel like I should just throw my mobile phone in the bin and burn all my email addresses. <laughs> um, Save me drones for some reason. Makes no <laughs> sense. Shh. They're listening. 
go on. <laughs> um, but Trask kind of has this feel to him where you were sitting there and it's not an un- unbelievable mm. thing. In, in this movie, which has got some of the most incredible, unbelievable stuff that you'll watch on the screen, that element is what really kind of anchors it down so that it doesn't just become this completely fantastic, unbelievable mess of colour and light and sound. Yeah. Uh, AKA a Michael Bay film. Um, <laughs> It's anchored by that very human element. And this is what I've always liked about a lot of Marvel properties is that they do pull it back to something that you can relate to as a person in this world that we live in. Yeah. And and watching a lot of the Trask scenes, it was not impossible to think, well, this is actually how it would happen. And I liked that Richard Nixon is the president. And they, the dude who plays Richard Nixon is really, 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 really good. I was going to bring really that up, good. man. I love that guy. Brilliant. He was super fun. And um, I like that he's clearly just gone, well, I'm, fuck- I'm just going to do Nixon super hard, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's great. Uh, if Oliver Stone makes a, a movie, a Richard Nixon movie, that guy should be yep. Nixon. I would dig that. You get that because you've got Nixon and then Trask is sort of – the guy advising the president and, oh, hang on, we, we have got a plan for that. It's got that sort of really real-world motivated type of thing where you go, this could actually happen. If, if you know, some if the headline on the front of the age tomorrow was Mutants Discovered in Melbourne, Australia, you could believe that all of the, the human characters in this film would actually exist in real life and... Yeah, that's kind of how it would play out potentially, given given the society we live in. Well, because the tension of <laughs> mutants, are- <laughs> I'm exhausted after that. Because the tension of the mutants as a metaphor for downtrodden people, whether it's for racism or homophobia or that sort of thing, has always been like it's not perfect because they do shoot death lasers from their eyes and shit. Yeah, there's that extra shade to it where someone gets up and goes, "Look, we really do need to do something." Because Magneto, as a person, it's it's not necessarily racist to, to recognise that he is a murderer who wants to murder us. Yep. And we can't actually stop him in any way. Mm. So, it, it, it makes it a lot richer in my mind. Like, it, it sort of takes away some of the power of just being a straight-up analogue to the real world stuff. And being yep. you should just treat people well. But it mm. does add a nice layer to it. And this, I liked that in this one, the way that they sort of overcome this, like, widespread worldwide hate towards mutant kind that they were trying to get rid of was about adding that texture to it. I really liked that idea. Like, rather than hiding all of the bad stuff, they achieved it by saying, yes, he is a bad person, but that doesn't mean that all mutants are bad people, effectively. Yeah. And I like That's that. That's the message you take away. Yeah, Because you like to believe that people are intelligent enough to do that. Sometimes you wonder <laughs> you about naive it. naive bastard. And politicians certainly don't seem to often trust people to believe in that, to see that sort of shade of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I really dug it. And Magneto, it's got to be said, is fucking psycho. He is. But super fun. But I think it's hard for me to go past Quicksilver as like the funnest bit of the film. He was amazing. Super the best. Yes. Uh, and look, I don't think we're, from everything I've read on the internets. Yeah. Which, Which is, is many things. Yeah, well, basically all I do all day, yeah. every day, is read the internets. Mm. We're not alone in, in the love for Quicksilver. Yeah. he's So many people have, have called him out as the standout kind of character. Um, yeah. Who's the guy who plays him? I, I don't recognise him from anything. I recognise him from, he's in American Horror Story. Which which I've never seen, which is why I don't yeah, recognise him Yeah, which is good. Anything. I don't know if he's been in other stuff. Yeah, he's great. I think, and I, I said this to somebody else the other day, I can't remember who, one of the potential downfalls of this is they're going to have to work really hard now to sell me Quicksilver, the Quicksilver that they've got in Avengers. Yeah, the bar's super high now. It is, it is. And it might have been Ari I was talking to. Mm. Uh, shout out to Carl in Perth. <laughs> 
who said to me, you've got to imagine that Joss Whedon has just watched that and gone, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, all my things I had planned. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I loved Quicksilver as well. My Although my favourite Quicksilver scene was at the end, and I, I'm not going to classify this as a spoiler because I don't think it is. Yeah. Uh, but he's sitting there with his young sort of toddler red-haired sister sitting on his lap watching the TV, which is yeah, very cool. Super sweet. I like they sort of happily embody that idea of him as a sort of cosmically bored kid because he's just like... Super fast. Yeah, and impatient. Mm. There's that amazing... I don't know if I brought it up. It comes up whenever Quicksilver comes up, that amazing X Factor issue that Peter David wrote in the 90s where they all get psychoanalyzed after a really bad thing. Mm. And a therapist is talking to him about why he's such a prick. <laughs> and he basically outlines like, well, you know, when you're waiting behind someone at the ATM in line and they can't work the machine and you're just like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry mm. up. He's like, that's my entire existence. Like, it was the first time I saw that really analysed in terms of, because you do see people with super spa- speed portrayed in comics and stuff. Like, most of the time they're moving at a normal pace. But yeah. it was the first time he sort of extrapolated it out and went, well, his, his body is working at this speed all the time. Mm. He's just... It's taking effort to slow down to be yeah, able to rather communicate than taking with us. effort to speed up. Yeah, so he's like, so I'm just really mad, and I like they sort of use the fun version of that in the film where you just glance around and he's basically just been out like he's a thief because he just fucking can be because no one can see him steal stuff and he's just got like a year's supply of Oreos and stuff <laughs> and just playing video games with himself. But his like big action set piece where everyone gets shot and he sort of just stops, t- effectively stops time and goes around and... Busting st- Magneto out of the slammer. Yeah. And just the way that he just is so... Ca- like he's not in a rush. He's not stressed. Like everyone else is about to be killed. The triggers have been pulled and he just like not only saves everybody but just fucking steal someone's hat has fun doing it yeah fucks around with people bit of a jokester uh i really liked him yeah he was great look we're well past the 20 minute mark so Mm -hmm. spoilers it's one of those things where you know when you go into a film and you're just like that was really fun and awesome yep it kind of you kind of don't come out with heaps to say because you're just like yeah it was really good the one criticism that i've seen of it Mm -hmm. and it's it's a well-vocalised criticism is, oh, but there's all these discrepancies because if you look at this in the first movies and then this in the, in the second lot of movies and then oh, this like is the canon piece. across the, the, yeah, the and, Fox and Marvel universe. A lot of universe. people are very sort of butthurt about how all yeah. that works out. Number one. I'm surprised about when we're talking about comic book fans on the internet that they would that be people get outraged. caught up on the, the canonical. And there's a whole bunch of articles, 10 things that are wrong with Days yeah. of Future Past. Indeed. To anybody who's written one of those articles, I think the 10 things that are wrong with Days of Future Past is just you as the article writer, basically. <laughs> just write your own name on a piece yeah. of paper 10 times and go away. You're so bad that you're 10 things. Yeah. It's funny because I've seen that. That's immediately come up. Like there was one on io9 yesterday, like eight things that are wrong. Yep. Uh, X-Men canon is still completely fucked in, yes. the, in the film universe. That's that's the main article that people have been posting and sharing around. Although it has to be said that uh, our mate Dave Herbert, D. Herb, as you've dubbed him a few yeah. episodes ago, Derb. drew his own diagram of the timelines, which he's posted on our Facebook wall. Thank you, Dave. I'll, really? Uh, I'll push that out to Twitter and Google Plus after this chance. episode comes out. If, if Level 30 was a meal, he would be... The herb that makes it really <laughs> delicious. <laughs> I hate myself. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
here's, here's my question to you. This is how I – because I have to rationalise this. I can't accept that there's something wrong with this film because it was just so good. Okay, yep, cool. So good that I'm going to see it again tomorrow, as I said. Bam. Bam. At no point do they ever suggest – well, no, sorry. They do suggest, but they never actually confirm that the old versions of people, you know, yep. the, the um, Jean-Luc Picard, Xavier, yep. and the Gandalf Magneto exactly. and those guys – they never actually say that they are from the same timeline as the X1 to X3 movies. Yeah. They imply that some of the same events have happened mm-hmm. and that some of the same relationships exist. Yeah. But they never actually say those three movies are, are the timeline that we originate from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think if – and I'm going to test this out tomorrow because I didn't actually contemplate this. When I first saw the movie, I went, yep, it's those X1 to X3 and First Class – Merging yeah, it's together. the clear assumption, yeah. It is. So when I watch it tomorrow, I'm going to watch it under the assumption that the older characters mm-hmm. are not actually from those movie timelines and while some of those events did take place, yep. uh, not all of them necessarily did. And I want to see what that does to the narrative of the film because I think if my, my suspicion is that if you watch it under that assumption, yeah. it clears a lot of the stuff up and given that we're talking about a movie that's dealing with time travel in order to change the time stream to alter outcomes of events. Yeah. Why the hell shouldn't you be allowed to watch it under that assumption? I think you can – it's it's funny because I – I don't know. I think because I'm the opposite where you were like, I like this movie so much that I need it to be correct. Yep. Whereas I have this th- – I'm sort of conscious of it that in many ways I'm a huge mega nerd who's like, my, wed- my wed- continuity wedgie hurts and I need it to work. But there's something about – I think because I'm so invested in like the comics yes. over years mm. – that I, I think the movies, I'm like, yeah, the movies are made by people who, and especially like the Fox X-Men movies, like they're yep. not directly made by Marvel or anything. I'm like, they'll do the best they can, but, you know, the comic book people fuck this up all the time. Mm. I don't really demand of them a perfect, clean canon or yeah. chronological thing from film to film. And so for some reason, I can just walk out and go, that was so fun that I actually don't give a shit. Yeah. Like on a macro level, this movie achieves that sort of Star Trek thing where it manages to reboot the franchise while validating. Because this, you could read this movie as basically cementing the first class cast yes. as the X-Men. Yep. And giving the older dudes original trilogy a send off. Mm. And you basically look at it and go, well, they're probably not coming back. But this is a nice fitting way to say thanks for your time. Yeah. And that all your stories were real if that's what people want. And it allows us to sort of clear the decks and move on with where we're going. Mm. Um, so on a macro level, it does really well and it eradicates X3, which is tops because that was balls. <laughs> uh, Everybody is now still alive. Hooray. Yeah. We love you, Gene. And <laughs> indeed. And you're sort of like noodling around with, well, it's a comic book universe, so there's no reason that this isn't a different timeline that's well, see, come the back thing and is, changed everything. If, imagine if they'd gone out and explicitly said this is the, the older people are from a slightly different timeline yeah, uh, and they'd got different people to play them. Yeah. There'd be uproar. Why People haven't you got Patrick Superman. Stewart or Xavier? Yeah. Well, what the hell is this? Who's Blattrick do it? I've never seen him in anything. And now you're telling me he's Xavier? Not yeah, canon. Exactly. Uh, so, I, look, I, I, I kind of like that because there, there are some problematic bits. And the rela- what you mentioned before about the relationship between Mystique and Xavier and um, Magneto is a little problematic. When you go back and watch the first three films, there's some bits in there where you sort of go, hang on a minute. That's, uh, and it becomes a little bit jarring, but, you know, whatever. Like, whatever. Uh, and I think 
Because, yeah, your thing of, like, they're from a slightly different world is no more. Because I know, like, that sort of eight reasons continuity is ruined. Mm. There's probably a couple of them that you're like, yeah, that's overtly let me tell you what Bullshit. was. Let me tell you what was mostly wrong with that article. Is the first point was Xavier dies at the end of the bloody film, and I'm like, do you not watch the after credit scenes, jackass? It yeah. comes back in another dude's body, but it's his body, and what the hell? And that's the thing. I'm like, well, it's not a big leap to see that he comes back, which is another problem with that goddamn film. You spent 20 minutes making me watch Xavier's funeral only to have him come back. What the fuck is the dramatic point of that? You piece of shit. And then Magneto's like, oh, I moved the trash piece. And nothing that happens in that film is worth doing, except that Scott doesn't get a funeral, poor bastard. People hate four eyes. That's what yeah, the problem is. I was going to say, <laughs> you've just got a problem because he wears glasses. Yeah. Yeah, your extrapolation that they're from a slightly different timeline and they come back, which is a very comic booky thing that a cinema audience may not immediately think, is cinema no less chumps. an extrapolation than going, well, his brain was alive at the end of X3. Yeah. There's no reason he couldn't have reconstituted his body when he made his super fucking hover chair. Uh, Super you know, hover chair Everything's fine And there what? were other things in that Which was like Well we saw a girl Who could turn into Diamond Briefly in yeah. Wolverine And in the credits She was Emma Frost I'm like I don't know man Like the credits say Emma Frost Is that in Is that on Is that in the film Like who And who gives a shit Like yeah. if she's just a little girl Maybe she's Emma Frost the second Maybe she's blah 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 Like I, I think a lot of it is They've come. There's a couple of big breaks mm. where there are problems, and they're the important stuff, like the character problems. Like you couldn't watch First Class as a prequel to X Men One and not be pissed off that Mystique and Xavier don't have a relationship in X Men. Absolutely, 1. and that's that's a problem. And Magneto and Mystique don't really appear to have that much of a relationship no, in X One. Like kill the person, look like a different person. And Sabretooth <laughs> is like. Hey, Wolverine, whoever you are, I'm a wrestler for no reason. You know, <laughs> like those character stuff break you out of the film. Yeah. But the shit that's like, well, how come Havoc's so much older than Cyclops? And we saw Cyclops at the end of Wolverine. I mean, the main problem is that Wolverine Origins is a... If you actually an, watch an, an it, AB. if you machete that out of the canon, yeah. it actually makes a lot of problems go away. Mm. Not least of which is the nauseating vomiting that you do afterwards. Exactly. I mean, and how come his claws are metal in some movies, bone in some, and Roger Rabbit cartoons in <laughs> X-Men Origins? <laughs> They're made out of the foil. What's that all about? On the top of my microwave. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever's microwave that may be. There's a callback for you folks. Yeah. So I suppose what it, we both seem to have different rationales, but the, uh, the canon a, doesn't really bug me. Mine's not a rationale as much as it's going to be a funky thought experiment that I do tomorrow because I'm, yeah. you know, I'm taking this to a new artistic level, baby. Mm. <laughs> well, and I think... Was that creepy? Uh, definitely. Like 100%. <laughs> cool. Uh, fuck, it's really derailed my train of thought. Sorry. How creepy that was. Anyway, um, because comics have the benefit and the reason that I go, well, a movie's a movie is a movie. Mm. And they c they've only got so many movies. The amount of comic books which have come out completely fucked up continuity mm. and they have the luxury of multiple titles coming out every month. You can retcon a comic yeah. really, really easily. How many comic issues exist purely to just be like, well, you know, when that was Magneto, actually, it was a robot called Zorn and now he's back. But also he was here the whole time and he wasn't powers, he was powers. Like <laughs> stuff exists just for that. Like they don't have the time to make... 
X-Men continuity reboot number seven dictionary edition where they come out and it's like <laughs> Mystique going, getting hit on the donked on the head and losing him. <laughs> like she gets shot with the bullet from Wolverine. They're not going to have time to do that. And no. it's a, I just think it's wrong headed to put your energy into wanting that to be the case because yeah. it's just, it's not that you're wrong and I don't invalidate people who are like that takes me out of the story it's just you're fucking in for a bad time because it's never going to work no I agree yeah because nothing look, I hate more than people who just sit around for <laughs> half an hour to 45 stop talking, minutes stop talking now tearing tearing comic book movies apart that is just yeah don't they have lives yeah get a grip yeah Kids look sunny outside. Uh, here's a qu- <laughs> nothing to do with me. <laughs> Damn, I should have closed the blinds. Yeah. Uh, here's a question which you might be able to answer for me, and I've done no research. It's uh, X Men. X Men. What are, what are they about? <laughs> Is Stanley in the X One to X Three? Does he do cameos in those? I don't know because I can't remember. I don't think he does. I think that's only been like a Marvel. That's a yeah. studio thing. Mm. Whereas this is its own little. But he's in the Spider Man ones. Uh, yeah, but I suppose if. If we've got these studios that own the properties, it's probably up to them to... Right. Okay. Uh, I imagine Marvel would be like, yeah, it'll be nice to put him in everyone, but these studios are their own their own shit. Yeah, losers. I mean, there was talk about if this movie was a massive flop, Fox would probably try to cash out of the franchise altogether and we would see them go back to Marvel. Mm. Uh, so it's a double-edged sword. That I it don't think it was a massive flop. It's done a massive opening It's made weekend. many monies. It has all the monies. We, we announced spoiling, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. After credits scene, Apocalypse. And Sabineur. Bam. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, and we already know that X-Men Apocalypse is in the works. Yeah. And it's been announced that Quicksilver's going to have a much bigger role in it because he was such a, a favourite. somewhat That's unsurprising. Good news. Yeah. Uh, lots and lots and lots of people in the cinema who were obviously big X-Men movie fans mm-hmm. who were like, we better stay around to the end. And I went, all right, well, you're better than the chumps that were at the Spider-Man film. Yeah. They just um, had to run outside to have diarrhoea vomit attacks. Yeah. Uh, and look... That was probably a better outcome for after the credits <laughs> of Spider-Man. But a lot of confused people standing in the cinema going, oh, what? I Who don't is get that? it. Is Egypt and that dude is pale blue kind of-ish? Yeah. What's that all about? Do you think, given what you just said about if you haven't read some of the comics, some of this movie's not going to make sense, do you think there's a danger with a third film centred around the concept of apocalypse that we'll get to a point where you will actually have to have read some comics to really take away something important from the film? That phrase that terribly. Words are not my friends. No, no, but I hope not. I think this one walks the line really well in terms Mm. of throwing people who just have no interest in it who are only interested in a standalone film do get thrown under the bus a bit. But, you know, it's so I can get to the destination of a cool film. (laughs) So I'm cool with it. But I think it still walks the line. And it's a cohesive story. You'll have bits where you're like, I don't know who that is. Miscellaneous future mutant. Miscellaneous future mutant. That's fine. That works. Blah, blah, blah. But there's nothing... It's not that bit where, like in the bloody Two Towers or whatever it is where I came out going like, how come he can put his rug over his face and he looks like a mountain? And everyone was like, oh, that was because that was a deleted scene on the DVD where the elf gives him a magic cloak. I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm not watching the film anymore. If you're going to make me buy the DVD, it's Boxing Day. I'm very happy and full of meat. But is that a thing? Did a dude put a rug over his face and look like a mountain? I'm sorry, I don't do Lord of the Rings. He get, there's like a hobbit who gets caught and he brings his cloak up. Yeah. Uh, and like camouflages into the side of the mountain. And I was like, Ooh. well, that's cool. Why doesn't he do that all the time? 
And uh, apparently there's Dumbledore a, told him he's not allowed to. Yeah, there's a deleted scene in the first one where they all get given a special gift and everyone was like, mm. yeah, they all get given a gift. You just didn't see it. And that was when DVDs were just becoming a thing. And I was, yep. I was blogging like a madman saying, we, I don't want to get to this point where I go to the cinema and get 90% of the story. And Oops. then come out and they go, deleted scenes. If you buy the DVD, you'll get 98%. And then you buy the ultraviolet super 3D blugged edition. You'll I get the whole story. I can only imagine that Peter Jackson read your blog post and went, oh, 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 I'm going to screw this guy up big no. time. He went the opposite. He's like, oh, you don't want me to delete any scenes? Hobbit's three <laughs> films, you fuckhead. And I'm like, oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So I think this movie is not that movie and I yep. hope that they don't cross into that line mm. because it probably would collapse. But I could have seen this movie ending with Xavier accidentally getting shot by Mystique at the end. Yes. And then we see the future rewrite and instead of being happy-go-lucky future, it's the age of apocalypse. Kaboom. And then, but it would basically mean that this movie was half a movie. And I had a little time in the cinema. I was like, oh, I hope Xavier kills and we get age of apocalypse. And it comes up that it's like one of those things where it's two movies that were shot at once. And that this next one's coming out in three months. And I hope that's how oh, it didn't happen. It just ended really nicely. Oh, that's okay though. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. Do you have any complaints about the film? Not really. Cool. It's pretty awesome. I had a couple, but they weren't big. No, what are they? You can give us five minutes of complaints. Cool. I could just feel the, the pieces moving mainly into, like, if you look at Quicksilver. I like how I've given you a five-minute time limit and you've instantly just started to speak faster. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Quicksilver comes in, basically single-handedly breaks Magneto out of prison, saves everybody, and, yep. like, they would be dead if it wasn't for him. Never And they go, again. thank you, Good. enjoy not being in the film anymore. I really... I. It's different because Xavier, they dramatise the fact that he loses his mutant powers to get his legs back. Mm. And that's a really good fix to the issue that they would have had when they were writing the script that if he's telepathic, everything's different. Yes. Like Wolverine, as Wolverine says, like they make it into the story. Wolverine's like, well, I don't actually have to convince you of anything because you're a fucking telepath. Read my mind and you'll remember that time that you told me to do this exact thing. And he's like, I didn't have my powers. So they managed to take that. They need him not to be able to do that and make it into a really cool thing thing for the character to overcome yep. whereas with Quicksilver they just sort of like put him on a boat and send him off into fucking Nowheresville whereas at the end you can imagine it would have been quite helpful to have him and it's probably power creep like they, they are so good at depicting how awesome super speed is that you kind mm. of go well that's the power for me I think <laughs> that's, that's quite good you solve all of the world's problems yeah and also Magneto is such a cosmic level dick that I oh. just I couldn't like he's so he's such an asshole and I, I love it I fucking love it but mm. they send him back in time and go, the only way for you to do this is that you and I need... To. Old Magneto and Xavier are sort of rose-coloured glasses. Like, he needs both of us to be friends. I but was never... a dick, but, you know, that was a... I can't have been that bad. Yeah. You were that bad, man. See, you, I don't mind that you because... You a fucking stadium on people. Oh, <laughs> but did that actually happen, though? Does, does old Magneto remember that? Because the other thing that I yeah, like that they did is they go, the timeline won't rewrite until Logan wakes up. Yeah. I thought that was a clever device of going, well, how come their memories are not altering? And halfway through, Magneto's like, oh, my God. I just remembered I dropped yeah. a stadium on people. Yeah. Abort, abort. He just looks at Charles going like, fuck, I cannot apologise enough. I've <laughs> so just, many dick I've just remembered... Like you were under, you I dropped another thing on you. Fuck, I'm really embarrassed mm. right now. So it's a good time travel model in the. And I'm trying to think of another film that does this where you're not rewriting the time in real time. You're yep. sort of going back. It's a bit like a level thirty episode 
we go back, exactly. we do an edit, and then we hit the publish button. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like that. Wolverine goes back and rewrites all this, or helps rewrite all this stuff, mm. and then they go, update, and it goes, and, yeah. oh, now we're in this, t- and he wakes up and goes, oh, and the thing that I like, I'm sorry to cut into your five minutes of bitching time. No, this doesn't count. The bit at the end where Logan goes in and talks to Professor X and basically he goes, oh, you're back. And they have that moment where the whole timeline's played out but Logan's only just come back into his own kind of mind and and they go, oh, geez, we've got a lot to catch up about. Presumably they then crack a bottle of whiskey and just get shit-faced together and it's awesome. I would watch that movie. And I really liked it because that thing I just said where they established where Wolverine's like, well, I don't need to tell you anything because you're Mm. a mind reader. And then when he comes back and says, fuck, my 1970s different to yours. And Xavier just looks at him and is like, welcome back. Yeah. Like he just, you tell that he just fucking pulls out of his brain that he's like, yeah, I'm, uh, I've been through some shit, man. <laughs> at the end of it, where they're basically trying to stop Mystique from publicly executing Trask because that will make people hate mutants forever. Yep. When Magneto's going around basically subtly taking control of the Sentinels by impregnating them with metal, I was yeah. like, that's a fucking boss move. Mm. And there's half of his plan. I'm like, oh, this is a really good idea. If at the unveiling of the Sentinels, they unwittingly murder heaps of civilians or look like they could, yeah. then you achieved. Mm. Mutants aren't the, the bad guy. And the robots are. They're just a shit idea. It's a message I can't get behind. Well, exactly. Drones? No, infallible? What the fuck? But I'm like... That part of the plan is a really good plan. Yep. This stadium shit and What's like that executing the president on TV. I don't really know where you're going with this man. If he wins, if he kills the president and stuff, that's much worse. He's like basically the kickstarting the war, but he doesn't care because he wants to wipe out the humans anyway because they're that's inferior. True. So, so I suppose really we, the audience, are looking for Wolverine to wake up in the world he does where there's mm. coexistence and everything's cool. Magneto is shooting for Wolverine to wake up in fucking House of M. Mm. I suppose mm. where Magneto is in charge. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. There you go. Glad I could uh, cool. clarify that for you. But I love Magneto, man. He's a relentless fucking psychopath who will just kill everyone, and yeah. I dig that. Cool. Review achieved. <laughs> uh, yeah, old Hugh Jackman. He's he's uh, fit man. He's, he's a, a fit, fit man. man. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs>